Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. <laughs> Come on, can we thank Jesus for the ability to gather? I don't know if I'm allowed to give give him a hug with all that's going on, but I did. We're family. So, so good to see you tonight. You guys look amazing. What a great church, a passionate church, a worshiping church, and uh, you guys do. You feel like family. It feels like home leading together. And uh, can you give it up for your leadership? I think you have some of the greatest leaders. You guys are phenomenal. You've been spoiling us all day. I keep telling Arch, I'm like, you guys keep spoiling us, but we're just here to, to spend time with you. And um, man, I just believe God's put a word in my heart tonight to share with you. Are you, you all right if we get after it and dive into God's word and um, be encouraged? You, Lord knows we could use some, some good word preaching <laughs> in a week like today or this week and what it's been like. But um, man, I just, I know God's going to prevail. We're going to see the other side. We're going to be okay. We're going to make it. <laughs> and so, um, and you're gathered on a Saturday. That's how you know you love Jesus and all that's going on. You showed up to church, everybody. So, um, but my name is John and I'm married to a wonderful lady named Natalie Torres. And we have three kids. One's four, the oldest. Then, uh, there's two and a half is that's, uh, the oldest is Roman Torres. The second is Jensen Torres, and the last is our girl, Aviana Torres. Um, so they're all under the age of four, so pray for us if you think about it. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of fun, and uh, we're populating Bethany Church ourselves, so a lot of growth recently. So, uh, but. Man, we just, we get to serve as the college directors and uh, oversee our student ministries, and we just love what God's doing, and uh, I'm excited to dive in tonight. So let's get into God's Word. Okay, we're going to be in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, I love Timothy. This is Paul writing a letter to Timothy, and uh, we're going to camp out here in this passage, and I really believe God's just going to speak to us tonight and challenge us and grow us. So... Just curious, anybody got a physical Bible? Like you came to church ready with your physical Bible. Come on. It's awesome. We got one. I love it. I'm just curious. I got the digital here. But 2 Timothy says this. It says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Now this is important. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I am saying. The Lord will help you understand all of these things. Why don't we pray? God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for Encounter Church. Thank you for the 
your spirit that's here and present. Thank you for the leadership of this place. And Lord, I just pray tonight you would speak to us, that you would move in us, Lord. You would transform us. I pray, Lord, that as your word comes forth and as we get back into worship here in a moment, I just pray, Lord, that you we would know that you've done a work within us. And I just pray for what's going on all around the world. I just We just speak faith and say, Lord God, that this thing would halt in Jesus' name. It would be just a supernatural, that it would just go all across the world and all of a sudden things start to disappear. People aren't getting sick and that there's just supernatural healing that you would be glorified through all of it. We thank you for it in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen and amen. I usually pray for a sports team at the end. Are we Georgia dogs people? Is that who we are? I don't know. It's a, oh man. Yeah. I, yeah. We're Georgia dogs. Somebody started barking. So I don't, I think, oh man. But let's, you know, a little bit about me. So you know, my wife, she's an amazing person. I think the most amazing person on the planet. And something interesting about her is that she runs marathons. And um, yeah, so that's 26.1 miles. I don't know why they put the point one there. Like if you made it 26, you should just stop. But they put 26.1 miles. And, uh, and so she, when we first got married, she would be running a lot. And, uh, and I would be on the couch watching an NFL game or something like that. And so finally, at some point in our, in our marriage, I said, you know what? This is my year. You ever had a year like that? This is my year. I'm going to get off the couch and I'm going to run. Okay. Um, anybody had a, had a time like that? You say, this is my, I'm going to, I'm going to run a little bit. Do I have any runners in the building? Okay. No. (laughs) All right. It's okay. It's okay. Maybe 2021 will be the year. Counter church runs, but uh, then you guys can understand my misery. But so I just get out there, I start running, and uh, I made it a goal. I said, Look, I'm not gonna run a marathon because you're gonna have to scoop me off the ground, but I will, I'll do a half marathon, okay? So that's 13.1. Again, I don't know why the point one's there, but 13.1. And so I started training, and I remember my first run, and you know, you gotta get the shoes and the socks and like all of the things. And, uh, and I was all excited. I'm like, hey, man, I'm about to go on a run, you know. <laughs> it's like my first run ever, but I'm acting like I do it all the time, going on a run, you know. And so I, I go out and I do the thing, and slowly but surely I got better. And then, um, like, we did the whole thing. And finally we're getting up to go to the half marathon. We ran it in Florida. We did, like, a trip because I said, if I'm going to run, I'm going to enjoy it. We're going to be by the beach. It's going to be amazing. And so we went off and we did the whole run. And then so it's day of the half marathon, you know, I, it's just like, I'm super excited about it. I trained for it. It was amazing. And uh, we start running. And the thing about like my training is that I always done training in like 60 degree weather, you know, 72, like it was perfect. And it was amazing outside. That's not what it was like on race day. <laughs> it was 90 degrees on race day. And so you know, I, I didn't know it was going to be that bad until we get in the first six, seven miles. It's, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is easy. Why doesn't everybody do this? This is, this is too easy. I might finish before everybody. You know, I'm just, I'm pumping myself up in my head and I'm, I've got all the brownie points. We're running next to each other. I'm like winking at her, you know, doing the whole thing. And then we get on this turn to come back about mile eight and we've got those miles left. And then all of a sudden, it was like the sun just reached up into the middle of the sky and decided in its heart, you know, today's my day. I'm going to torture John Torres. Like, I'm just going to 
look upon him and torture him. You know, that's what I felt like the son was doing. And all of a sudden, I like sweated everything out. Like I stopped sweating, okay? And I just got miserable. And so we're at like mile 10. And you would think like, oh, aren't be encouraged. There's only three miles left. That's not what I thought at all, okay? I was like, there's three miles left. Oh, God. And so I started thinking all these crazy thoughts. And, you know, they have all these people and water people, and they're like cheering you on, and you're like, you can do it, and like, you know, you start getting annoyed at those people at about mile 10, you're like, stop talking to me, you know, <laughs> and so my wife's trying to encourage me and do the whole thing, and she's like, oh, we can do this, and I'm like, please, don't say another word, like, I was just very, it was horrible, and then, the, you know, a golf cart passes, and I don't know what they're doing, or what they're doing in the race, but you start having crazy thoughts when you're tired, like, the golf cart's passing, and you're like, you know, if I just hopped on the back of that golf cart, this would go a lot quicker. <laughs> and then I'm like, no, that's, that's stupid. Finish the race. You know, I'm trying to pump myself up, like talking to myself, like my personality. I'm just like, you can do this. And, I, and so then I'm like, okay, that's dumb. Don't ever do that. Okay, so then I keep running. And then someone on a bike comes by and you're like, ooh. You know, if I just elbow him, push him off the bike, I can ride into victory. You know, like all these thoughts are are crossing my mind and finally we we get to the end James was there one of my best friends he was there at the finish line and they were pumping me up and I finished and I made it to the finish line everybody and I was pumped and I was excited and then I said I'm never doing this again you know and uh, <laughs> I really haven't I haven't run a half marathon since but I do run just not a half marathon and I tell you that embarrassing story um, just to let you know, um, just to embarrass myself, but also, you know, the whole concept, the whole idea is that every single one of us, we're really in a race, really in the race of faith. And I love that in the Bible, and Paul is writing, he refers to our faith as a race. And uh, I know we don't have a lot of runners in here, but you can just imagine if you were, but in our faith... We are. We're, we're running a race. And there's a race isn't perfect. The conditions are, are not always perfect. Uh, the, what you train for and what actually happens on race day doesn't always line up. And I'm, what I want to speak to tonight, I want to speak to the fact that, okay, yeah, we're all in a race. But there's some different things that if we're not careful are going to take us out of the race. Like there's some different things that if we don't have the right focus, the right perspective, the right approach, then we'll be quick to get out of the very race that God has put us in. And I'm just wanting to help realign us tonight to understanding that this walk with God, that there are some, there are some major implications to this thing. Like we don't just wake up every day and hope to stay a Christian that day. Like we wake up every day understanding who we are. We wake up every day understanding that we are a son or daughter of the most high God. So that means that affects how I approach my coworkers. Come on. How I approach school. How I approach some family members. Like we every day we have to make some decisions. So I want to give us some things. Three things that we've got to be careful of if we're going to stay in the race. And that's what Paul is telling Timothy in the passage we just read. Paul is giving him specific instructions, giving him some pictures of what it looks like to stay in the race. And I want to give us three ways that we can stay in the race. Number one, if you're taking notes, we found in verse four, it says this, soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. If you're going to stay in the race, you got to make sure to number one, don't get distracted. 
Don't get distracted. The very first thing the enemy will try to do, when you try to, you try to make a big decision for God, okay? We work a lot with young adults and teenagers and, you know, you go to camp. If you've ever been in a camp environment or a youth conference environment or anything like that, oh, you're on fire for God, man. Ooh, God spoke a word. It was amazing. You're weeping. The tears are on your journal. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I love you, God. You know? <laughs> and it's amazing. And then the very next day, something pops up. You're like, wait a second. This wasn't like the word you gave me, God, like yesterday. You see the tears on my journal? You know, like this wasn't. And if you're going to make it the long haul, you can't get distracted. I love what Paul's saying. He refers to it like a soldier. A soldier doesn't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life because he wants to please the officer who enlisted him. And I find major times during distraction, we have different things that can enlist us. Sometimes anxiety can enlist us. And that's the commanding officer. Oh, well, how am I going to make this pull together with this? And I've got to pay that bill. And I've got to make that happen. And I've got to, wait, 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 remember who enlisted you? Right? So you can get distracted and you get distracted from the mission. Sometimes fear can, man, fear right now is running rampant. That's why I'm proud of you. You made it to church in a time where everybody is speaking fear. You turn on the TV right now in the midst of church and they're speaking fear, but you're not allowing that to rule you tonight. You say, I'm going to get to the house of God. I'm going to worship. But sometimes fear can enlist us. Sometimes fear can start to decide our decision. What are we going to do here? What are, what are we going to do about that? And, oh, I don't know. I don't want to really step out. I know God told me to, but I don't know if I should. And, and just fear is guiding your life. And, and what is the mission? What is the mission? We say don't get distracted. You've got to understand that's assuming, right, that we understand that we each have a mission to accomplish on earth. Right? Like, I didn't get placed on earth to just be like a really good Christian. <laughs> you know, bring a pie to the church event every once in a while. <laughs> and that's my mission. No, 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 no. God has within you put gifts within you. He's put, he's put stuff inside of you. The Spirit of God is, even has awakened you at some point in your life in a service where he's spoken to you and he's put something inside of you and you just couldn't shake it and you didn't understand what it, what, what it was and what it was going to look like and how in the world is that going to happen? I'm from this family or I do this. No, no, no. God's put something inside of you to accomplish. And so if you don't want to get distracted, first you've got to know what you can't be distracted from. And what can you be distracted from? The mission God has placed on your life. Can I go base level here? And you want to know the number one mission? Maybe you don't know if you're supposed to do this or do that. But I can tell you what Jesus did ask us to do. Go into the world and make disciples. Amen. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's every single one of our missions. And so we can get distracted we can get distracted. I don't want us to be distracted. And maybe you're in a place where you don't know what that mission is. And I just want to give you some practical wisdom today. And I, I heard this and I thought it was amazing. I think a lot of what our mission is, it's the intersection of how God has wired us and a need on the earth. You ever step into an environment and you just say, oh, this is this organized, like this needs to happen and this needs to do, and they need to do this and, you know. And you're like just at the store. Well, you know what? God might have given you, gifted you with administration. 
Or you're always the person who led the group project at school. God might have gifted you with leadership. So I don't know what that is for you. I, I was praying earlier that God would just speak to you or remind you or reawaken within you what it is he's put inside of you to accomplish so that you don't get distracted, so that you don't get distracted. And here's a, here's a key for every single one of us as believers. The only key to fight distraction is devotion. It's devotion. Because if we're not devoted people, we'll be distracted people. And it's amazing when you watch people who aren't serving God, what they're devoted to is understanding or seeing what's happening on the news. So then the news starts to be their shepherd. (laughs) And now whatever they're being fed is what they're devoted to. But as the people of God, we aren't devoted to what's around us. We're devoted to the things of God. We're devoted to the word of God. We're devoted to the presence of God, to the people of God. And I just want to remind us today that maybe you've been distracted. It's time to get devoted again. It's time to wake back up again. Say, God, I'm here, to, I'm here to serve you. God, speak to me today. Speak to me through your word. What is it that you have for me? It's time for us to get devoted. We got to be devoted. You know, I, I remember God really began to deal with me about this area, a lot in high school, but my, in college. And it was the weirdest thing because for God to tell a college student this, you know it was God and not just an idea I came up with. But I remember, I was like, God, you, you have those radical prayers. Like, oh God, speak to me. What do you want to speak to me? I'll do whatever. And I remember him just like whispering to me about the Holy Spirit. He was just like, hey, I want you to begin to get up at 5 a.m., I was like, God, I'm just kidding. I don't know if I can give you everything, but. (laughs) I'm just being honest at Encounter Church. Is that okay? (laughs) And I remember he said, I want you to get up at 5 a.m. And I want you to begin. I was on a floor, and I was a chaplain of that floor. And it was a floor at the college that I was at that was about to get disbanded. And, yes, it was a Christian college, and that does happen at Christian colleges. (laughs) And, uh, And I just remember he challenged me because. He said, I want you to get up and I want you to pray over every room of the guys on your floor. And, um, and so I was like, oh, okay, God, let's do it. I prayed for this is what I asked for. And so I did it. And I, not in a matter of two weeks, some of the hardest guys on the floor started coming to my room and said, hey, man, can we talk? And I wasn't forcing it. I wasn't like, you know, doing the whole thing. I'm like, guys, if you need anything, I'm like, no, no, no. I just began to pray. And I began to pray for him. And I began to watch my room fill up with guys to pursue the Lord. And I wouldn't, that, that, that none of that glory goes to me. It goes to when I honor God and I partner with God with what he wants to do in the earth, that's when we see something radical happen. That's when we see the kingdom expanded. And so there's a sense of devotion we have to step into. Whatever, I don't know what area it is for you. Maybe it's reading God's word. Maybe it's spending time in prayer. Maybe it's, sir, I don't know what you need to be devoted to today, tonight, that God's challenging you in, but we've got to be devoted. And, you know, here's a perfect example before we move to the next point. David, man after God's own heart, what got him in trouble with Bathsheba was that he was distracted. 2 Samuel verse 11, or 2 Samuel 11, it says, at a time when kings were supposed to be at war. Sometimes we get distracted because we weren't, we weren't doing what God had already asked us to do. 
So we end up in a position of compromise that keeps us from actually engaging in what God's calling us to do. So at a time when David was supposed to be at war, he was distracted. And if you deal with distraction long enough, it leads to the second thing. In verse 5, it says, And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. Number two, if you want to stay on mission, if you want to stay in the race, don't get disqualified. Don't get disqualified. So David started out with being distracted. He was away from doing what God was calling him to do, to be at war. And what it led him to was being in a position where he could have been completely erased as the king, disqualified. And if the enemy can't get you distracted, he'll move to trying to put something in your life, just throwing something in there that'll get you disqualified. And we've seen it. We've seen it happen. We know friends, family members, leaders who, man, they were passionate for God at one time, right? It's, it's frustrating almost. Like when you see somebody and they come out with a big Facebook post, right? Like, you know, I've been thinking about it the past couple of months and I'm just not going to. And it's so frustrating to see, but here's why they got distracted. They forgot the mission. They forgot who they are. And I'm praying that wouldn't be any of us in the room tonight. Don't get disqualified. The kingdom of God needs you. Like we're needed. God needs us to fully engage with him, to partner with him with what he's doing in the earth. And, uh, you, you know, we were laughing about during the story of, man, I wanted to get on the golf cart, right? I wanted, to, I wanted to get on the bike. But you know what I was thinking about? I could have finished the race on the bike, but I would have been disqualified from the race. <laughs> like, it would have felt nice. Because it would have been on the, the bike probably would have hurt because that would have required work. Maybe the golf cart. <laughs> but I could have done that and I could have finished the race that way. But I wouldn't, I would have been disqualified. And we are most susceptible to being disqualified when we're tired, when we're fatigued, when we lack focus, we lack training. And I want to caution you. And sometimes we think it's just going into making a bad decision or doing this or doing that, but it's not, that's not how it always looks like. Sometimes it looks like one little area of compromise. Like I used to Sabbath well, but you know, work's gotten busy. And so I just, I got to work through it. And all of a sudden you're tired and now you're thinking crazy thoughts like you want to get on the golf cart, <laughs> but it's because you haven't rested and you haven't Or, oh, you know, today's a busy day. I'm just like, I just got to get through the day and I'll spend time with God tonight. You know, and you do that long enough and you start just not being able to have the clarity that you need to make the decisions, the clarity that you need to raise the kids, the clarity that you need to stay married. Come on. <laughs> and you do that by leaning into who God is. And understanding, that's why Paul's referring to this, this example of the athlete. The athlete knows they, they have to compete within the rules if they're going to win. And I think it's almost become popular to win at all costs. But you know, we don't do that in Christianity. <laughs> like, 
we, we stay within. I think there's something to be said about not compromising within our life, about walking in holiness, about walking, pursuing God. Saying, no, we're not going to talk like them. We're not going to watch that, even though everybody's watching that happen. We're not going to watch the rose be handed to that person. We're going <laughs> to... We're not going to look like everybody else. Is it okay? I'm talking like this at Encounter. <laughs> Man, we don't want to be disqualified. You know, I was thinking about, I was thinking about it. It is, it is subtle compromise. It's, nobody's going to make the decision to say, you know what, today I'm going to fall away from God. I'll be back next Sunday though, you know. <laughs> It's usually not how it works. I know everybody's got their seasons, but I'm talking about subtle compromise that we allow to come in our heart, that we start getting comfortable with. Oh, it's okay. God understands the season I'm in. No, 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 no. Don't forget. You're on mission. You're on mission. God's got something on your life that can only be accomplished if you stay in the race. Like, I don't even know how I can finish the race. Just stay in it. If you've got to walk, it's okay to walk. If you're in a season where you can jog, then jog. If you're in a season where you can run, then run. But stay in the race. Just stay in it. Don't give up. Don't step out. Don't be disqualified. Just stay in. Nobody's going to be mad at you for walking the race if you need to for a moment. But you're going to finish. You're going to run the race with endurance. That's what I love in Philippians 1.6. It says, and I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. He who began is going to finish. So can I encourage you? Don't try to finish the work yourself. Your job is to stay in the race. His job is to finish the work. He began it. He's going to finish it. You stay in it. Do you see his responsibility? God begins it. God finishes it. We stay in it. I don't know. Maybe I came from Baton Rouge to just tell you that. Stay in it. He started it. He's going to finish it. You're going to stay in it. Amen. We're not going to get disqualified. So the enemy can't distract you. If he can't disqualify you, he does this last thing in verse six. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. I love that. I'm gonna read that again. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. If you're gonna stay in the race, if you're gonna stay on mission, this last point is don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. You know, I think this is the room of people I'm with. You've been serving God. You've been giving. You've been serving. You've been following after God. You've been at church. And when you're doing that for a while, it's so easy to get discouraged. Ah, is it it doing anything? Does it work anymore? Don't he take a break? Do I, like, we can get discouraged. Oh, well, you know, I've already read John. I've already read the book of Romans. 
You know, that's how you know. You're, you're a little bit discouraged. You start, you start coming to, oh, this song again. It's like you, maybe you needed that song, you know. You start, the things that used to, man, bring you to tears and things that used to make you connect with God, you start just growing a little numb. I don't know about you. I found discouragement does that for me. Like the things that used to connect me no longer connect me. And the variable is not that God isn't faithful or that God is not present. The variable is that for some reason I'm disconnected from him. And so I'm numb to the very thing that used to once minister to me. And so then I get discouraged. I get discouragement. And discouragement comes from different forms. You know, discouragement can come from comparison. It comes from comparison. Man, I love social media. I think it's awesome. You know, and it's great because you can see people's life and what's going on in their life. Or people's cats, you know. (laughs) Not a cat person, but if you're a cat person, that's great. (laughs) But it's, it's dangerous because you start wanting to have the things that that other person has. And everybody's posting what's great. But nobody's posting the process of how they got there. And so people are wanting somebody else's life, but they're not willing to embrace their process. And their process is different than your process. And so if I'll embrace my process and be proud of what God's doing in me and saying, oh God, I'm I'm grateful for your goodness, your grace, and all that you're doing in my life, then I don't have time to compare with what so-and-so has, or that they got a new car, or that they just got a new puppy. Like, I'm not concerned about it because I'm focused on just working my process. Or delayed results. I don't know if maybe you've been believing God for something for a long time, and it's not here yet, and you've been praying, and you've been believing, and you've been pushing, and you've fasted, and you've done the whole thing, and it still hasn't happened. That can bring discouragement. But God's faithful. And instead of asking God, why hasn't it happened yet? Ask God, what are you teaching me through it right now? What do I need to know about my character and the nature of who you are in this season? Where I feel like it's delayed and it hasn't come. And you get frustrated. So, oh God, why? Why am I going through this? I heard something funny. The number one thing you were believing for last year, you probably forgot about because God answered it. And it's like the very next thing that happens. You're like, oh God, please. Will you just come through? And then you start to look back. You're like, oh my goodness, he's come through so many times. Even better than I imagined. You know, there's this idea with the farmer. The farmer plants and then he harvests. He plants and then he harvests. He plants and then he harvests. And there's seasons of it. Plant, harvest, plant, harvest, plant, harvest. And I just thought it was beautiful imagery because how true of that is it with our life? Man, the more we plant what God's put inside of us, the more we sow, we sow, harvest, sow, harvest. And what discouragement will do is we'll keep back our sowing and we no longer see the harvest that we used to see and we start looking at God and we're saying, God, why am I not harvesting what I, what, what I used to see in that season? 
But the problem was not God. The problem is that we stopped sowing. Just keep sowing. Keep believing. Keep letting go of the seeds that God's put within you. Maybe you were generous at one season of your life and you would give and you would bless people and times got hard and you stopped giving. You're like, well, God, I remember being financially blessed in a different way in that season. And it wasn't because God wasn't faithful. It was because we stopped sowing. Maybe you were serving and in one season you were, man, pouring your guts out with serving and you were so fulfilled, but you were tired, but you were still fulfilled and you were like, oh God, I'm so thankful to be used of you. And, and now you're frustrated because you don't feel like you're being used like you were in that capacity, maybe in another season. But you know what happened is that we stopped sowing. It's just a biblical principle. If we'll sow, we are going to reap. So let's not get discouraged in our sowing because when we don't see the harvest, we blame the harvest on God, but you know our responsibility is to sow. Let it go. Let go of your gift. Let go of the finances to bless people. Let go of your time to be a blessing to people. In a moment, we're going to go back into worship. I want to share this story with you. You know, when we talk about this, it makes sense, right? Don't get distracted. Don't get discouraged don't get disqualified you're like yeah all right i'm gonna leave this place and i'm gonna do it i'm just gonna muscle up and i'm gonna get the strength and i'm just not gonna be discouraged and you're gonna wake up tomorrow you're like still feel discouraged message didn't work john okay <laughs> we're like man we try to muscle our way that's my personality i'm an a-type personality you try to like muscle your way into doing it and i'm just gonna do it i'm not gonna disqualify myself i'm a man of god you know I'm not going to be distracted. But then you find yourself in that rhythm. and you're, Why am I still distracted? Okay, I almost disqualified myself there. Okay, I'm discouraged. But the answer is not in our strength. Oh, it would be easy. I wish it was. I'm that kind of person. Like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. But that's why we need God. And the secret to this was hidden in the verse the whole time. In the beginning of the verse, check this out, and it's easy to read right past it. Second Timothy. It said, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. Be strong through the grace. It's not my strength. It's not my ingenuity. It's not how well I can think about a plan for God to fulfill. No, no, no. It's being strong in his grace. It's his grace. It's not our strength. We can't do it. We can't muscle our way into it. Going closing, there's a story. You might have heard of it in, in sports. It's this duo. It's called Team Hoyt, father-son duo. Together they've accomplished... Over 30 Boston Marathons, father-son duo. Over seven Ironmans. If you know about Ironman, um, it's a lot, okay? It's, a, it's a, a two mile swim, I believe, or one mile swim. And then it's 100 miles on the bike. And then it's a full marathon after all that. That's in one day, okay? That's a really bad day for me. <laughs> and so this father-son duo has done it together tons of times run lots of um, lots of other marathons together I mean countless they've done it together and they've run and you could actually YouTube it and I'll let you YouTube it but what's powerful about this father-son duo 
is that the son has been in a wheelchair his whole life and the dad has pushed him in every single race to the finish line. And I just thought, wait, what a picture of being strong through the grace. Yeah, we're going to finish the race, but the father is pushing us to the finish line. And we've tried in our own strength to figure it out, to do it, to do all that we can. But it's his grace. He's pushing us and we fall back into the grace of God. And we say, oh God, I can't do this on my own. It's all for you. It's all about you. If I'll lean into your strength, I'm going to finish. Because it's in, it's in our weakness that his strength is made perfect. So I want to do this. Could we stand all over the room tonight? Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.